You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Today, we uh, kick off okay, with our new series called Selfless and uh, the reason why we probably sang that song was because of Ray. Okay, Ray actually, uh, uh, si Kuya Ray, uh, you know, diba? Sabi mo maganda yung song? So we got that, all right. It's a love month. How many of you know it's love month? Yes, it is a love month. And, you know, that love word is that ever elusive word that is kind of hard to understand and find. How many of you understand love? Nobody understands love. Okay. Yeah, so over the next four weeks, okay, we're going to talk about uh, love. Week one, we will discuss love. That's today. Okay, week two, or next week, we'll talk about marriage. How many of you are interested to learn about marriage? Yeah. Okay. You mga married, tahimik lang eh. Okay, but you know, you'll get it next week. All right. Third week, we'll talk about relationships. And then lastly, we'll talk about compassion. All right. So if you're ready, I want you to stand up. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. And if you don't have your Bibles, I actually brought the Bible here. So you can read it together. Together. Everybody say together. Okay, let's read it together. Here we go. Ready? Let's go. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Let's just pray. Father, thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, for this word. Lord, I pray, Lord, you'll open our hearts and our minds, Lord God, that we, we may receive a revelation of your love. Lord, thank you, God, for your holy presence. Holy Spirit, speak to us through this word. In Jesus' name, amen. You can take your seats. Praise God. Okay. All right. Now, um, for many of you who don't know, I come from Baguio City. I I grew up there. I was born in Manila, but I grew up in Baguio and. That's kind of like a deep place for me. Even if it's crowded now, it's still my home. So every now and then we, we go up. My family and I, we go up because my, my parent, my mom, actually, my mom and my siblings are all there. So a few years ago, we, we decided to go up and, um, I forgot basically to bring my sunglasses. Okay. I know some of you are wondering, what has sunglasses have to do with the preaching of the word? Okay. Let me just, you know, I'll, I'll go there. Okay. But I went to Baguio, went up there, summertime, so you know the, the heat is on, and I, I, I forgot my sunglasses, so we went up to Baguio. I kind of felt, you know, alam parang may kulang, you know, you, you're driving all the time, di, hindi alam tuloy kung, kung galit ka o hindi, kasi nakaganun lagi, nakakunot yung noo, kasi, you know, it's kind of like that. Uh, and I said, you know, I'm gonna get me sunglasses when I get to Baguio. So finally, we were up in Baguio, and after a few days, we were going down, and I told my wife, Mal, I think I need to buy shades. Okay, siyempre, excuse lang yun para makabili. So I said, you know, I'm gonna go, we're gonna look for it. So while in Session Road, everybody knows Session Road, right? While in Session Road, somebody, si Manong, was selling, you know, peddling sunglasses. And I saw this particular sunglasses. I said, wow, ganda nito ah. It was Ray-Ban. A Ray-Ban sunglasses. Tama ba Ray-Ban? Ray-Ban. Ray-Ban. Parang Ray-Ban ata yun eh. But it was so nice. I said, uh, mahal, ganda yun ah. So I went, I approached the guy. I said, manong magkano yan? 
Sabi niya, Sir, 250. Hmm, 250. Patingin? So I, of course, you know, if you're buying Ray-Ban or Ray-Ban sunglasses, that means it's a fake. Okay, you wanna test it, di ba? Kasi, pag titignan mo, titignan mo kung ano, kung may grado. Sometimes, di ba, mura nga yung shades, may grade naman, di ba? 100 dito, 250 sa kanan. So, di ba, ang hirap naman nun, di ba? So I went, I checked, I put it on, I said, Uy, okay. For 250, okay to, sabi ko. So I said to the manong, I said, manong, pwede kukunin ko to, pero 150 na lang. Kuripot talaga eh. Sabi ko, 150 na lang. Eh sabi niya, sige po sir, kasi buena mano kayo, sige. Bigay ko sa inyo ng 150. So guess what? I was happy. Can you imagine 150 pesos may Ray-Ban ka na? Ganda-ganda ng itsura. No, I'm not kidding. Huh? I'm not even pulling you. Like this, this one looks real. So I went, I went, I went down, drove the car down. So we passed by Cannon Road. An hour after, we were in Pangasinan. While I was driving, again, in the heat of the sun. Yan, yan, yan. Ganyan. Siyempre, di na nakunutan ako. Sabi ni, sabi ng wife ko, Uy, okay mood mo ngayon, ha? Hindi, may shades lang ako. So nag-drive ako ganun. Bigla na lang, after a few seconds, tuk! Nagulat ko. Nahati yung shades ko. Sabi ko, Oops! Mahal, there goes my 150. I said, <clears throat> hey, how many of you know that's, that's not the real thing? Diba? That's not, it's a counterfeit. It's not the Ray-Ban sunglasses that, um, that you really, you know, get. It's original. It's a counterfeit thing. In the same way, you know, we talk about love. Love has a counterfeit. Okay? Love has a counterfeit. It may look good on you. <laughs> Or it may feel so good. Diba? Pastor, totoo na to. Siya na nga talaga. Real na real na to. Real love talaga. Eh, pero hindi naman saved. Diba? Hindi naman siya. Hindi naman niya love si Lord. Diba? And then here you are saying, I think this is a real thing. And, you know, and, and finally, on the end of the road, you find out that this person does not love you. And, you know, how many of you know that, you know, it can hurt people, right? This counterfeit love you know, it, it can lead us to many, many heartaches, disappointments, frustrations. In fact, actually, it destroys relationships. In fact, also destroys marriages. Uh, you'd be a fool if you're married and then you say, you know, hindi, mas, mas love ko to eh. Diba? Apart from their marriage. And, you know, it destroys many, many relationships. Now, I'm going to ask a question. You don't have to raise up your hand. But how many, how many... How many of you have been hurt because of love? Okay, don't lift up your hands. All right. So you know what I'm talking about, right? Why? Because many of us have ventured into this uh, counterfeit love. It's kind of the love that we, we thought we knew that it was really love. Why is that? Why, why do you think we we got disappointed. Why why is it this, this it is a counterfeit kind of love? Why? Well, answer because we're all sinners. That's a reality. And the apostle Paul discussed this in Ephesians chapter four before before our main verse in chapter five about how worldly people you know choose to love or how they live their lives. In fact, let me read that in verse nineteen of chapter 4, Paul says that they have become callous. 
and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy, to practice every kind of impurity. So Paul describes this worldly people or this worldly kind of love as greed, sensuality, giving, you know, giving up to all kinds of impurity. That's the kind of love that these, you know, the world does, okay? And then he says in verse 22, he encourages Ephesian church to put off what? Your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through what? Deceitful desires. In other words, he was saying, if you are a child of God, if you are born again, if you have the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then we ought not to be like the world anymore. That's what he's saying, basically. Put it off. They are very deceitful. Now, what, what are these deceitful desires? John, the Apostle John, says this in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 16. He explains it very well. He says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride in possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. See, worldly love is all about, you know, uh, what can satisfy me. That's the kind of, you know, love the world offers. How can it satisfy my pleasure? Everything my flesh desires. Or everything my eyes desires. In other words, it's about me, myself, and I. It's about me. And this kind of worldly love is what we know really as selfish love. It only seeks to satisfy yourself. I don't care about, you know, I don't care about the other people, but what I care about is me. That's why it's kind of hard when you enter into a relationship when you're saying that so it's a one-way street relationship. Ako na lang laging bigay ng bigay, bigay ng bigay, you know? I've counseled a couple of couples, a couple of couples, who actually have that thing, you know, pastor, you know, you just don't know. Ako na lang ang nagbibigay. This time, ayoko na. It's my turn to take. Why? Because it's about self. The kind of love that the world offers is about self. It's about me. Yang may mga kantang, what about me? Diba? Hindi niya alam yun, syempre. Kasi bagong crowd na tayo. New generation crowd na to. Millennials ba ng mga kasama natin? Yes. Okay. Sige, darating din kayo. Yeah, it's gonna come. But that's it. So the question we need to ask ourselves today, if selfish love is this, then what can we replace it with? What can we replace selfish love? It's really the opposite. It's very simple. It's about selfless love. The only way we can beat selfish love is to be selfless. You go the opposite way. Let me, let me give you this quote. It says that you cannot know selfless love unless you've experienced God's love. Let me repeat that. You cannot know selfless love unless you yourself have experienced God's love. Why? Because God is love. He is the basis. He is the standard of love. 
John explains this in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. He says, Anyone who does not love does not know God. Because, because God is love. He ought to be the standard of love. But many times, okay, many times, in fact, even now as I speak, there are many young people today who are basing their love on movies, on Hollywood, on culture, on the books that they read. That's the basis of love. If you were born in our time, yes, we based it on those. And how I wish I knew the Word of God. That would save us from the heartache. Are you still here? Because we base our love not from God, but on the world. That's the whole reality. And you see, if you understand God is love, it's just hard to, uh, to fathom that. In fact, Bodhi was saying about, you know, you cannot understand how great this love is. You cannot. Really cannot, but somehow God reveals His love to us in scriptures, in the Word of God. Our favorite verse, John 3 16, says, For God so loved the world that what? He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. God's love is about giving because God is selfless. I have never in my life ever, ever heard God taking something from you. Never. I have not seen it. I haven't, I haven't, you know, let me know if there is. But as for me, in my whole experience in my life, God never takes. Of course, he, if, you, if, you, if you would say death is taking away, you know, God taking away life. No, death is really the, the, the punishment of sin. The reality is God never takes. He always gives. You know what? Every single day of our lives, He gives. Consistently giving you air to breathe. He's never late. The sun always rises at the same time and sets every single day. That's our God. He gives. And He has not stopped giving selflessly. Some people would like to give so that they can take something in the end. Some people are just interested with something else. You think that they're giving, but in the end they are taking. Our God is never taking. He's always giving. That's why the Apostle Paul, he exhorts the church in, in uh, the Ephesian church or Ephesus. He says that therefore, be imitators of God. We need to imitate God. In the 5 o'clock service, I asked, how many actors and actresses do we have? Uh, nobody lifted up their hand. So, But I know one here, but as actors or as an actress, what do you do? You imitate a character, right? You, you learn your role, you study the um, script, right? But more importantly, if you are actually doing the role, you are studying the character. More so if you're doing a movie on a true-to-life person. Kind of like Will Smith, right? Will Smith had to portray Muhammad Ali. You, you all remember this? 
And he said he had to go to great lengths to study and get to know Muhammad Ali. I had a chance also. Okay, I'm not an actor, but during school play, I think I did, you know, I, I, I tried. I played the role, I acted, I sang, and I had to study the character. I had to know it, know the character, amen. So when we imitate God, what are we saying? Imitating God really means to know Him. It's kind of hard imitating somebody you do not know, isn't it? And in this case, when Paul says we need to imitate God, we need to know God. It's not enough that you know God through our Knowing God series, okay? It's not enough. It's a lifetime, day-to-day walk with God for you to know who God is. And if you're, only, if you're here only to listen to God's Word and not read God's Word, you will not know God. There has to be that place in your life that you're saying, God, I want to know you more so that I could love you more. Are you still here tonight? In other words, we need to study the Word of God. We need to keep on that devotional time with God. If you don't have that, you will never know God. And how can you imitate God if you don't know Him? You know, incidentally, imitate in Greek means mimites. Ever say mimites. Okay, it is where we get the word mimic and mime. But what does it really mean to imitate? Okay, it means to emulate, to copy, okay, or take as a model, or to take as a pattern, or to follow the example of. I like this. To follow in someone's steps or footsteps. I like that. And when you imitate God, you follow His footsteps. In other words, we need to know Jesus more so we can follow Him and understand Him if we want to imitate God. But it does not mean that you become God. No, we're not saying that. What we're saying is that we become like God. Amen. So the question for us tonight is this. How then do we imitate God? I have only two. Everybody say two. I have only two to share. How do you imitate God? Well, number one, as beloved children. Beloved children. In verse one, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And if you were, you know, um, if you were a kid before, did you ever play that mommy and daddy roles? Yeah, yeah, right? You you tried putting on your dad's shoes and your mom's shoes and you'd, you'd play mom and dad. How many of you did that? It's safe to lift up your hands, okay? I, I did that before, okay? So just a few of us, okay? But here's the thing, okay? We tried imitating our parents. And whether you accept this or not, all of us, we are a product of our parents, we are like our parents. No pastor, I don't, you know, I don't look like my dad or my mom. But yes, you are. That's the whole truth. In the same way, okay, in the same way, Paul exhorts us to imitate God as his beloved children. 
it's it ought to be natural if you if you have if you have imitated your mom and dad it's so natural for you right because you live with them and as you get to know god because he's our father and we are his children it becomes easier for us it should be as natural as automatic as that but one thing you need to take note in this verse it says therefore be imitators of god as what beloved children paul did not use you know therefore be imitators of god as his children could have used that right but he says beloved children do you understand the word beloved beloved actually means love in fact hindi lang love but much love you are the favorite of god in fact you can turn to your neighbor and say you are the favorite of god yeah in other words, you are treasured, you are prized. You know, when my first son was born, his name is Nathan, we were told, okay, when he was conceived in the womb, we were told by the doctor that we lost our son. And we were so discouraged, we were crying. I was, I was in Baguio, Luchi was here in Manila, we were just talking over the phone. But I said, no, no, Mal, you, you go to another doctor. We'll go to another doctor and we'll get a second opinion. Because the first doctor says, you know, uh, she's, no, he's, he's gone. The baby's gone. Gawa na lang kayo uli. Imagine. So we had another checkup. We had a second opinion. Guess what happened? The doctor says, no, your son is fine. Your baby is fine. So can you imagine the, the, the emotions right there as a father? It's just my first time to be dad, okay? So finally the day came. Leap year. February 29. <laughs> he got the, we had the leap year baby. And, and I was so excited as a father. I went to that operating room. You know, I didn't care about the blood. You know, I said, I'm going to take a picture of this, going to take a video. I did everything. I was there in Makati Med. We were there. And lo and behold, my son came out and he was crying. And just the, you know, that moment of joy that you just cannot explain as a father. And then the nurse says, you know, after cleaning up uh, Nathan and says, would you like to hold your baby? And I said, of course. So I held him. He was crying when... Once in my arms, you know, the, the thing the thing with there is that he, he stopped crying. And then he tried opening his eyes and just looked at his beautiful eyes. This baby that brings so much joy. And I said, I love this child of mine. The amazing thing is that he doesn't love me yet. Yeah, well, how I wish he'd say, Dad, I love you. But it didn't happen that way, right? Because he's still a baby. And even if I, you know, even if my heart breaks, it will not, you know, will not stop him to do anything in his life. Even if I'm tired from work, all I know is that when I come home, he does not yet love me as much because he's still a baby. And you see, if as a father... I already love my son even if he doesn't love me. How much more for our Father in heaven? And he says, you're my beloved. That's the meaning of the word beloved. 
He didn't, you know, my son Nathan didn't have to say, I love you, but I loved him. That's how beloved you are in the eyes of God. Many times we miss this out. Many times we look at, ah, okay, love God. God loves me, it's fine. But you don't understand the gravity that, how much he loves you. Yes, we're millions, billions, and I don't know how many are in the world already, but yet God knows every one of us. And yet, he says, you're my beloved. As children of God, as beloved children of God, we imitate him. John says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall what? Be like him, because we shall see him as he is. We have been adopted sons and daughters. We are not of natural birth, but the reason why we are here, worshiping God together, is because of Jesus Christ that made our adoption possible. Thank you, Jesus. You know, and, and see, the goal really is to be like Him. That's the goal. We want to be like God. Not God, but we want to be like God. In fact, Paul exhorts us that when we imitate God, we need really to change our ways. Okay? You want to imitate God? Well, God's way, not the world's way. It has to be God's way. And he says in verse 28, okay, chapter 4, verse 28, Paul, in, this, in, in that same uh, letter, he says, Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to what? To share with those in need. Do you realize that stealing really is an issue of a selfish heart? It's a coveting heart. I like that. I want that. It's all about the pleasure of life. People steal because they have a selfish heart. But yet, Paul exhorts them to go the opposite way. No, no, no. If you've been stealing before, no. Do something useful. Okay? Work with your own hands and, you know, you could be a blessing. That's what, he, that's what he was saying. Be useful. And in verse 29, he continues on and he says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. You see, gossip, um, false accusation, negative criticisms or lying, they can... They can really hurt people. How many of you know that? You all know that, right? We are either the ones who did it or we are the other, we're the receiving end, right? But it hurts people. It destroys relationship. Instead, Paul exhorts us to build up one another, encourage one another when someone is down. That's the way it is. We need to stop being selfish and be selfless. In verse 32 of Ephesians chapter 4, this is what Paul says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And here's a certain truth. We all live in a fallen world, right? We all know this. And one way or another, all of us will get offended 
or we will offend somebody. We will hurt or we will hurt somebody. That's a reality. But Paul says, if you want to imitate God as beloved children, we need now to be kind to one another, to be tender-hearted, forgiving one another. And, and the painful truth, a painful truth, it's difficult to forgive, isn't it? Especially if the person is so close to you, hurts you. Even as Christians, okay? Truth be told, all of us, even as Christians, when we get hurt, it is so hard to forgive. But yet, the Apostle Paul says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, meaning being compassionate, okay? He says, forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you. You remember Peter, right? The Apostle Peter or the disciple Peter. You all know him, right? He went to Jesus one day and said, you know, uh, Lord, how many times should I forgive the person that offends me? And, you know, in Hebrew culture, I think it's about three times or four times that you forgive this, this person for offending you. And so he goes on, you know, he, he takes the extra mile and says, uh, Lord, I, should I forgive him seven times? But the Lord says, no, not seven times, but seven times, 77 times. What that means is that you don't count that many times that you will forgive. It's hard. But the thing is, if you have been forgiven, you can forgive. You need to decide to forgive. Though difficult it is to forgive, you have been forgiven. We can forgive because He forgave us. So that leads me to my second point, which is, question is, how can we imitate God? How? When we walk in love as Christ loved us. In verse 2 of chapter 5, it says, And walk in love as Christ loved us. See, Christ is the supreme example of love. He is the one that revealed what love is all about. God our Father has given us His Son. But Jesus came and revealed what love is all about. He is really the supreme example of love. Why? Because he's, His love is perfect. I know not anybody or any person that can love the way He loves. His love is perfect. So when we say walk in love, okay, when we say walk in love, there is a, an important thing you need to take note. Okay? You see, walk in love involves a journey. The Apostle Paul would have said, you know, just love. Okay? That's it. Just love as Jesus loved us. But he says, no, walk in love involves a journey. What does that mean? It means it will take our whole life to imitate the kind of love that Jesus has for us. It will take a journey. It's a step by step. Paul could have said, you know, just run. 
in love. Hindi naman pwede, di ba? But walk in love. It's a step-by-step process. Why is that? Because it's not natural for human beings to love. That's a reality. It's a step-by-step process that we have to go through. You know, many times we can be harsh with ourselves because, you know, when we look at the standard of God and, you know, and the way we love, layo, di ba? This is how Jesus loves. And you, ito lang eh. And sometimes we can, we can feel bad, discouraged about it. But don't worry because this is really a walk. Our Christian life is a journey. It is a walk. It is a walk of understanding this kind of love. You don't automatically know love just because you were born again today. In other words, God's love is not stale. It's not, you know, it's constant, but it's not stale. It is progressive. It is doing something in our lives. That's how God is. Okay, in other words, there is a a sanctification work that God is doing. Renewing and changing our minds, changing our hearts to respond well. Because mind you, you know, prior to this, this, this uh, chapter 5, Paul says, you know, the issue is forgiveness. And if you love somebody, you will forgive. But yet, it's a process. That's why if you want to imitate God, you need to walk. You have to walk it out. Walk in love. And also, we can... We can also become, you know, critical of other Christians who don't, you know, don't see the love of God. Did it ever happen to you? Bakit kaya yun? Christiano, pero ganyan. Why does he move that way? Well, because God is not yet finished. In fact, God is not finished with us yet. He is still working in us so that we could love the way He loves 20 years ago or 21 years ago, I, I married my wife, loved her, but it was again a different kind of love because I didn't understand love. And I always expected something out of the marriage as, you know, I want this, I want that. If it's not, if I'm not getting what I'm expecting, I'm already complaining. You know, I'm already, nako mali atan decision ko, parang ganun eh, di ba? But that was 20 years ago. Had it not for the love of God that took me away from my selfish kind of love, I would not, you know, I would I, probably our, our marriage would have not lasted. We're over 20 years married, and the way I loved her 20 years ago is different now. I understood now that I have to serve her. I have to, yes. Kahit maglalaba ka pa. Yeah. You know, really, uh, uh, I did actually do that in, yeah, in Baguio. Can you imagine? Lamig-lamig. Wala kaming washing machine sira. And she was tired. She was, um, she was pregnant. And, and so I had to do the laundries. You know, things like that. Stuff like that. It's, 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 well, you'll get there if you're not yet married. But if you're married, you know what I'm talking about, right? And that's it. It's, it's a selfless kind of love. See? But that kind of love is a walk. It is a journey. So don't be hard on yourself. Okay? Because there's still tomorrow that we can change the way we love people. Let me continue in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. 
And this is, this is basically how God loves us or how Christ loved us. He says that he gave himself or he gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice. When you, talk, when you talk about Christ's love for us, he mentions three things. First off, he says, this kind of love, Christ's love or his love meant giving himself up. What did he give up? Jesus gave up his Godship. Jesus gave up the throne in heaven and, and he decides to come down as a servant. That's what he gave up. That's the kind of love, you know, we need to, to emulate or imitate. It was a giving kind of love, never taking. Christ's love meant giving himself up. Secondly, Christ's love or his love meant a fragrant offering. Because there's no other offering that is perfect except the offering of Jesus Christ himself. If you go back in the Old Testament days where God would ask the people of Israel to sacrifice a lamb, a bull, a, a, a calf. And every time he'd do that, it says, you know, it has to be perfect. No blemish. In other words, no sin. So there is no other offering that is perfect but the offering that of Jesus Christ himself. So that he may offer us forgiveness. So that he may offer us eternal life. That's the kind of love that Jesus offers us. And he says, you know, Christ loved us through sacrificing. His love meant him bearing the cost. Okay? Now you need to understand this. If someone sacrifices, someone has to pay. Right? It's kind of like this, you know, um, you go to, say, uh, classified ads, you, you, you'll, you'll see their sacrifice sale. Of cars, of anything at all, house and lot, sacrifice, sale, owner leaving. And like that. Did you ever go through that? Someone has to suffer. In this case, it's Jesus. We all know that he had, he had to bear the cost. He had to bear the cost that, that you and I cannot pay. We say salvation is a free gift. Yeah, that's to the recipient. To us, it's a free gift. But to God, it's a sacrifice. It had to cost Him His life to save us. Do you understand this selfless kind of love that we have in Christ? And that's the kind of love we need to imitate. That is selfless love. John chapter 15 verse 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that Jesus or someone laid down his life for his friends. That's the kind of love we need to imitate. It's a selfless love. It changes the way we think of love. When you think about February, love month, romance is in the air. That's nice. That's great. But real love chooses this, to lay down. It's a giving it's different, but that's real love. That's the kind of love that is genuine 
and it's original coming from our Creator. So here's my question before we end. Are we ready to love like God? Tough, but are we ready to love like God? Remember, it's a walk. It won't happen overnight. Amen. That's a good news. Hey, thank you, Lord. Yes, it's a walk. And you're, you know, as you journey, you'll find out that you know, you're going to love more of Christ, the way Christ love, loved us. It is a journey. But we need to understand this, which is my main point. Selfless love comes from a selfless God. That is where we get everything. Amen? Praise God. Let's just bow down our heads and pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord God. And it's hard to imagine if you didn't love us today. It's hard to imagine, Lord God, that you have sacrificed, offered your life. You you gave yourself up for us. And to this, Lord God, we are grateful and thankful, Lord. Now all of us can still enjoy your presence, worship you. Lord, I pray that all of us tonight, Lord God, we love the way you love. May we show that in every place that we are in, our families, our home, our loved ones, our spouse, our parents, our brothers and our sisters. Lord, may we understand how to forgive. Part of your love was to forgive us. In fact, if you are, if you have been hurt and there has been a major struggle with you to forgive this person, maybe it's time that you understand the love of God. I want you to lift it up before God and say, God, not by my own strength, but I need your strength. I need your grace to forgive. If that is you, can you just slowly lift up your hands before God and say, God, I want to I want that grace to forgive. Yes, I see those hands. Just lift it up. It's okay. Just lift it up. Let's lift it up before God. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, you see, you see us, Lord God, lifting up our hands and asking for your grace to forgive. Lord, we don't understand fully how it is to love like you. But Lord, as we take a walk, a step of faith today, to declare that I forgive those who have hurt me today. Lord, you will be the one to pull us through in every situation. Lord, I pray that you will continue to work in the lives of these people, Lord God. As they have chosen to forgive today, Lord, I pray that you will mend their relationships, whether that may be their father, their mother, brother or sister a relative or a friend, whoever that may be. Lord, because they have lifted up their hand, they chose to love the way you love, to imitate your selfless love. Lord, thank you for the grace that you have bestowed upon them today. Receive the grace of God. If you are lifting up your hand today, receive the grace of God and receive His peace. Know that God will pull you through this. Lord, thank you, Lord God that there will be forgiveness and restoration of these relationships. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's give God a big hand.
Hallelujah.